Hey yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. Deportes. Stuff. Stuff? Yeah. See, let's get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It's Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, and we are officially at the halfway point of 2021. I've got another excellent show lined up for you guys today, as always, for new listeners of the Cali Green Monster show. Welcome in. This is the perfect show to put on in the background while you're either, you know, doing stuff that you don't want to be doing, whether you're working or working out, or maybe you're just hanging out. Let a Cali Green Monster show be here to, you know, give you updates on the current event in sports. And every once in a while, I'll divvy off the sports and go into, you know, random stuff, bullshit topic, a conversation. Today, we're not really delving outside the sports world. We're going to lead off the show, you know, talking about the Portland Trailblazers. And I had assumed that if I would be talking about the Portland Trailblazers at any point this offseason, it would probably be involving Damian Lillard and him potentially wanting to force himself out of Portland due to their poor performance after another disappointing playoff exit. And while parts of the story involves Damian Lillard potentially leaving Portland, that's not the whole story. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up on today's show is that it wasn't until I was talking to one of my co-workers yesterday that this whole story and situation has been brought to my attention. So I figure if I hadn't really heard about it, that you know potentially some of you listeners out there may not have heard about it as well. And what I'm talking about is the Portland Trailblazers' decision to hire Chauncey Billups as their next head coach and the controversy that the Portland fan base isn't happy due to rape allegations that were brought up against Chauncey Billups in 1997. So for two basically kind of bring everyone up to speed you know Chauncey Billups he's a 14-year NBA veteran in 1997 he was a rookie for the Boston Celtics and according to the story by the accuser you know she was Antoine Walker you know Antoine Walker was a a player on the Boston Celtics and Chauncey Billups and Ron Mercer were rookies at the time so I guess the accuser was Antoine Walker's on again off again girlfriend and they all went out partying one night and I guess got really drunk and this is where the stories kind of you know differ you know you got Chauncey Billups saying that there was a consensual sexual encounter in his car and that Ron Mercer said that he had a consensual sexual encounter at Chauncey Billups apartment but then the accuser was saying that she woke up in Antoine Walker's apartment with like condom wrappers around her and like bruising on her neck and you know she had a rape kit done and there was obviously you know sexual activity like in her rectum and it you know just it was obvious signs of there was sexual trauma that happened so you know she accused basically Chauncey Billups and Ron Mercer and I think some of Antoine Walker's friends from forcing you know sexual activity on her and that she blacked out during it and basically this case you know there was never criminal charges that were brought up against Chauncey Billups and this case was settled in like it was a, there was a civil suit that was brought up against Chauncey Billups and it was settled out of 
out of court, I think in 2000, you know, basically that's kind of the last we've really heard of Chauncey Billups and all of that going on. You know, that's, you know, 97 through 2000, that's still kind of, you know, I was pretty young back then, so I wasn't really aware of of that when it was going on. And I'm not even 100% sure how much media attention that whole story was really getting at the time. You know, because when I think of Chauncey Billups, I think of him being the point guard for the world champion Detroit Pistons. That was just like, you know, it's him, Richard Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, both the Wallaces, Rashid and Ben Wallace. They were just a stud team. And, you know, Chauncey Billups was really, you know, I feel like the one of the pieces that really made that team work or move because you know he's one of the best point guards of all time you know he's played all over the league you know he he got traded to the he was at the nuggets for a while and yeah he was all over the place you know he's played for team usa and even after his nba career he worked for espn and he was a pretty solid uh, nba analyst and this past season he was assistant coach for the clippers so i mean he's you know, he's had a pretty prolific career both on and off the court, and it's been pretty controversy, uh, like controversy free since, you know, those horrible allegations. Like, don't get me wrong, they're definitely horrible allegations, but, you know, none of that was ever brought up, you know, during all this throughout this entire time, you know, through the entire time, you know, he was winning NBA titles throughout the entire time that he was repping the USA in the Olympics or working at ESPN. All this time, it was never brought up. And now the Portland Trail Blazers fan base is really upset that this is who they decided to hire. And Damian Lillard is kind of getting a lot of the flack from it as well because he's openly supported Chauncey Billups. And not just that he openly supported Chauncey Billups, but apparently I think his number one person that he promoted or wanted to bring in was Jason Kidd. And Jason Kidd is someone else who had his own like domestic abuse allegations like stemming, you know, a couple decades back that are being resurfaced again. But you know, Jason Kidd again, he's someone else that He's had those allegations before, but, you know, he's, you know, gone on to win an NBA championship. He's gone on to be a head coach at multiple places, you know, Milwaukee and, and the Nets, I believe. He won an NBA title as an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Lakers. And now that he's potentially being brought in as the head coach for the Dallas Mavericks, where, you know, he obviously has a good relationship with the owner, Mark Cuban, and he won a championship there. Now people are up in arms about that. So Damian Lillard, you know, the franchise player, someone that the Portland Trailblazers must be thanking their lucky stars every single day that he's been playing on their team and that in the past has shown extreme loyalty. And now the fan base is basically backlashing against him. And this is potentially almost guaranteeing that Damian Lillard might want to leave, you know, and if that were to happen, you know, I feel like the Portland trailblazers fan base deserves to have a completely shitty franchise. I feel like the modus operandi of Portland this off season, both the franchise and the city should be convincing Damian Lillard not to leave that trash ass city. You know, they're trying to tout themselves. It's, it's funny because that city likes to act like they're so super progressive, you know, and like, you know, saying, thinking that they're all high and mighty and like now going to deny this person uh, employment opportunity. Cause it's funny. I feel like the same people that are probably being like, Hey, he should never get an opportunity to coach due to these allegations that he wasn't even going to a criminal trial for, or was ever arrested for or anything like that. They're the same people that want probably prison reform and thinking that people should get second chances when they come out of prison. Or what about, you know, Portland, you know, the place that compl- that stormed the courthouse, you know, a federal building, which is, 
basically a federal crime. But no, those people were considered protesters when, as far as I'm concerned, storming a courthouse and completely demolishing and lighting it on fire is basically the same thing or similar, if not maybe worse than storming the Capitol. I'm not going to say if it's worse than that, but I'm saying it's basically the same thing. They both stormed the federal building and in Portland, they completely lit it on fire. But how fucking progressive, right? So, you know, now they're out here basically trying to chase their franchise point guard out of the out of the town when let's be real, Damian Lillard wants Portland to be successful. Like he's said in the past that he wants to bring people to Portland. He loves the city and the fan base even though I don't see why you would. But and and like with these hires, it's like both of these dudes are I would say easily top 50 point guards of all time. And, you know, like Jason Kidd is one of the best, just like pure point guards there is. And Chauncey Billups is just an amazing leader as well. So you think that, you know, Damian Lillard, who's one of the best point guards in the league right now, it's like, of course, he'd probably want to bring in a point guard, a former point guard or someone that can actually be a mentor to him. And so I, I don't know. I think it's very misguided. And if, Damian Lillard's going to leave Portland it should be because he just wants to seek a winning opportunity somewhere else and not because the fan base is pushing him out because of something you know when I think that let's be real people should be allowed to you know you know I, I think second chances especially I guess if there's no like criminal charges or you know I don't know it, it so that might be controversial in me saying it, but in me personally, and this might be controversial, why I think that the real reason, all the real backlash over this hiring is because one of the last candidates was Becky Hammond. And, you know, she's the assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs. She was hired back in 2014. So she was the first female coach in the NBA. And I think it was potentially in pro, in American pro sports, you know, but she's been you know, she's gotten glowing reviews. I remember Pal Gasol, I think, wrote like a really good article, like touting how good of a coach she is and that she definitely can coach in the NBA. And I think it was in December of 2020 when Greg Popovich got ejected and she was the acting head coach for the rest of the game. So she became the first female acting head coach in an, in an actual regular season NBA game. So she definitely has the credentials. And apparently she made the final kind of like list of candidates, but she just, you know, she just wasn't hired. And I think that there's people that are upset that, okay, it's like, oh, they're hiring these guys that, you know, have, you know, th these accusations in their past and they, they pass it over, you know, this Becky Hammond who's who's just as qualified. Like it's because, you know, so I, I just think that they're like that has something to do with it. You know, I think that the Portland fan base really in Portland, you know, people were just kind of pushing for Becky Hammond to get one of those two positions. And, you know, I think people are just now upset about it and digging up this old shit. And I think it's uncool. As far as I'm concerned, I think that Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups are both good hires. You know, they they were considered good hires in the places in the past. And I think that they both have the qualifications to be NBA coach. So, you know, we'll kind of see what's going on there. And if this is the reason Damian Lillard gets chased out of town, Portland Trailblazer fans, it's your fucking fault. So keeping to NBA talk it, the NBA topic, you know, these playoffs have been completely insane. I feel like at least 20 separate occasions, I said something's definitely going to happen for it to only be the complete opposite within the next day or two. And I feel like yesterday is just another complete example. You know, all day I'd been talking to, you know, my buddies and saying that the Hawks were completely dead. They were a team that I feel like has been 
completely carried by Trey Young. And I feel like with teams that are you know carried by one guy, if you lose that guy, where is the scoring going to come from? And I thought that they were, they were dead. I was like, stick a stick in them, put them over a fire, roast them, they're done. And I had a buddy that was like, you know, you never know. Maybe someone else from the Hawks, you know, the fact that the Bucks now can't cue in on one player, maybe it's going to work out for them. And during the game, you know, the basketball gods decide to flip the NBA on its head again. You know, with Trey Young not playing, you think it'd be easy for the Bucks. Next thing you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo hyperextends his knee. He's out for the game. You know, the Hawks, the rest of their team stepped up. Lou Williams got 21, Bogdanovich 20, Herter got 15. You know, so they got solid production all around from the rest of their team. And meanwhile, it's like Giannis is injured, and Chris Middleton, the same Chris Middleton that uh, Kendrick Perkins was saying is the Batman and Giannis is the Robin. You know, Chris Middleton only wound up with 16 points on 6 of 17 shooting and 0 of 7 three-point. So, you know, it's amazing how quickly, you know, it's like, oh, after game three, you would think that Chris Middleton was, you know, the best small forward in the NBA. And, you know, and then he has a performance like that on game four. And that's why Chris Middleton is Chris Middleton. Let's just not, you know, it's just he's good. He's a solid number three on a championship winning team and a number two on a pretty good team. But I think it's like no more, no less. And I think, hey, considering, you know, in the NBA, that's fucking great. And I think every single person in the world would want to be Chris Middleton, except for maybe like Kevin Durant and a handful of other dudes. So, you know, I don't know how this series is going to go because now you got Giannis hurt with the Bucks, And I mean, that hyperextended knee, they're going to be looking at it and getting more imaging done on it today. So we'll see what ends up happening there. I'd be surprised. I mean, hoping that it's nothing and maybe it's just a sprain and that there's actually no tears or anything because that would be tough, especially at this late in the season. He'd probably end up missing all of next year too if he did blow something out in his knee. So hopefully not. And here's hoping that Trey Young can come back because, you know, I think a Hawks and Bucks series without Trey Young or Giannis Antetokounmpo really kind of takes some of the luster out of a Bucks hawks matchup. So we'll see where that goes. I think we got Suns and Clippers game six tonight. That'll be pretty interesting. We'll see if the Suns can find a way to close out the Clippers at Staples Center because if not they're definitely gonna have a lot of pressure on them at game seven even though it's back at home you know the Clippers have shown full capabilities to be able to win in Phoenix all right let's move over to Europe let's cover the Euro Cup we had the last two round of 16 games yesterday the first one was a big one. It was England hosting Germany at Wembley Stadium. England has not won a knockout game at the European Championship since 1996. And that changed yesterday. They got a 2-0 win over Germany. You know, both goals came in the second half. You had Raheem Sterling and then Harry Kane. Harry Kane had an international goal drought that has lasted for a while. So he definitely got that monkey off his back. And in the last game, the one that I was probably least excited about in the group stage the Ukraine and Sweden it ended up being a really good one also and I feel like these knockout stages and just this tournament in general has produced a lot of really good soccer so for people that haven't really been familiar with soccer and this is their first real exposure maybe you're going to make some new fans kind of like me when I watched the 2006 World Cup watching most of that World Cup is what made me a soccer fan and even to this day you know so Ukraine they knocked out Sweden with a 2-1 win and it was pretty insane because it, it went down all the way to the very last minute when everyone assumed that it was going down to penalty 
penalty kicks in the 121st minute. Ukraine get you know countered, got the goal, two one, game over, and now we're on to the quarterfinals. Those start on Friday. First up, Switzerland and Spain. You know, up until you know, up until the last 10 minutes of regulation time, we thought it was going to be France and Spain, but Switzerland had that epic comeback in one of the most epic games I've ever witnessed. So now we got Switzerland and Spain. And then in the afternoon game, you got Belgium and Italy. You know, Belgium, they're going to be missing two of their best players and Kevin De Bruyne and, and Eden Hazard. So I don't know. I mean, Belgium is very deep. They're very big. When I was watching them play against Portugal, they seemed very disciplined. And anytime Portugal got within the last in the Belgian third, it seemed like they had seven or eight guys back in perfect positioning. They were big and played good defense. But you know who else plays really good defense and probably even better defense than Belgium? It's Italy. So, you know, I think with France knocked out, if I had to pick a team, I think Italy is, you know, the one that I'm kind of leaning towards. They've looked really good, and, they're you know, it's a hard team to beat when you can't score against them. And then on Saturday, you got the last slate of quarterfinal matchups. we got Czech Republic and Denmark. You know, Denmark has looked really tough, and the Czech Republic, they're really scrappy, you know, pulling off that victory against the Netherlands. So we'll see if Denmark can keep their you know, their impressive just run, you know, and see if they can keep playing for their captain, Christian Eriksen. Well, not their captain, but their their buddy Eriksen, who went down cardiac arrest. And the last game of the quarterfinals, we've got the Ukraine versus England. We'll see if the England party can keep on going. You know, London looked like it was an awesome place to be yesterday. While I was at work yesterday getting ready for a presentation, it was just like, oh, I wish I was partying in London right now. So... We'll see. That's going to be a lot of pressure on England. This Euro Cup has been pretty awesome. But as for this show, that's all I've got prepared for you guys today. You know, anyone that's made it to this point, downloaded this podcast, I appreciate it. Every, you know, I really appreciate it. You know, if you enjoyed what you listened to, you know, help sped, spread the Cali Green Monster brand. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And if you didn't enjoy what you listened to, I highly doubt you're even at this point of the podcast. So, yeah. But until next time, I have been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster Show. Have a great one, guys. Peace.